You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Karen Gibis, along with... Father Brian Christensen. And we just heard an excellent interview with Shauna Hansen. Hey, if you're interested in this revival and you want to share this interview with your loved ones here in the Rapid City area, go to realpresenceradio.com, look for Real Presence Live podcasts, and share this particular podcast. And I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy this next one, so look for the next interview, too, and share that with everyone who goes to the cathedral and around the listening area so that they can support the parish hall. Yeah, we are here with uh, Mike and Paula Wilson. They are co-chairs of the In Steel and Stone campaign that we've been uh, running here at the cathedral uh, for several years now in order to raise the necessary funds to to um, to build our new parish hall here at the cathedral and to renovate our current uh, parish hall, the basement, uh, into um, some classrooms and meeting rooms and Knights of Columbus Hall and atriums for a catechesis of the Good Shepherd. So lots going on. So uh, welcome to Mike and welcome to Paula. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, no, good to have you with us this morning. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourselves um, as uh, the Wilsons here in western South Dakota here at the cathedral. Well, we came here in 1991-92 when Mike uh, joined a law firm out here. And at the time, we had two children, and then we would have four more children here. Um, And um, I was a school counselor at the time, and all of our kids uh, went to Seton and STM except for one our last child, and boy, the cathedral just, it's where all of all of our major milestones took place for all of our kids, their baptisms, their confirmations, and so when we came here, I, I feel like we kind of got s- swept up into the cathedral and into the Knights of Columbus, and it, it's just been a great journey. Yeah, back in the day, we sat in the, we used to call it the cry room, which is now the ladies' chapel, or maybe it's the same place, but <laughs> Bishop Charles was there, and I can still remember some of those sermons, those challenging sermons that hit you right in the stomach sometimes, and I can still remember uh, the quieting effect those things had. And I, and Paula talked about the Knights of Columbus, and i got to say this, is that when we came here from eastern South Dakota, uh, Rapid City really wasn't home for us, and it didn't really become home until we began uh, fostering some relationships with people. And the relationships that were fostered here at the cathedral were driven by the Knights of Columbus, who welcomed us with open arms. And I heard you and talk, you and Shauna talking about relationships earlier, and that that really the welcoming arms of the Knights of Columbus families when we came here was a difference maker. It it helped to change our lives here, and it was about those relationships with people like Tom Bombersbach, who was a wonderful man, Bill Spratty, Herman Phyllis Schneider, and all those people that had been around here before we came, and they welcomed us. And so uh, Rapid City became home because of the way we were treated when we came here. Yeah, no, it's really beautiful. And uh, um, so you, you've had you have six children. You're here in the cathedral um, now, active in the in the life of the the parish family, and especially here leading the charge for in steel and stone. Um, can you uh, share a little bit with your listeners, our listeners here today, about how your pastor um, <laughs> came to you and asked you to help him for six months and. Well, this actually is the scene of the crime right here. We were sitting right here. We walked in here expecting to be asked for a certain number 
that we would contribute. And we had a number in our head, and Father Brian had a little different number in his head. And lo and behold, uh, everything came together, and and uh, we gladly contributed. And then we were also asked so generously to co-chair this mm-hmm. campaign with wonderful Dick and Nancy Gowan. And we have lost Dick now. He died this past year, but Nancy is still with us and, and uh, is... Uh, heart and soul of our campaign, as you know. So we're here, and we are glad to be here because this project, Father Brian, is, you know, you are really the ringleader of this outfit, but um, this project is a game changer for our cathedral. Yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about the original kind of, I guess, origins of this this, uh, project, because... um, you know, we had this time, it goes back six years now, you know, 2016, uh, early 2017, before I arrived on the scene and knew anything about what was going on. Um, but the cathedral was looking at the kitchen, its basement kitchen that dated back to, you know, uh, 1960. And in fact, some of the appliances there were bought, used when they originally constructed the cathedral, so they were... 1950 appliances, and we're having a little trouble with our stove and some other things, so they're looking at this whole thing, and uh, um, eventually, this looking at the kitchen was uh, over a $400,000 project. Is this the right thing to do? Is this the right thing to put our money? Do we need something more? And slowly, they came up with the idea that, you know, we need something more. We're a growing community. We have different needs in the community in 1960s, and so the idea of of fleshing out the idea of a hall and a new kitchen and a new hall and renovating our things came about. Um, what, what, what motivates you about that? What excites you about this vision of a new hall and renovations of our current basement? Well, you know, what excites me is that there's really no welcoming place, a place that'll inspire and draw people in. And there's really no huge gathering place where we can have several hundred people above ground and, and I think lots of times when people come into the cathedral or they leave, it, there's just no place to gather and there's no place to be inspired to stay, no, no place where we can establish a sense of community and belonging. And so that's what excites me is, is a welcoming center, a place where you can have faith formation and camaraderie um, to build relationships. That's what excites me. Yes, and, and for me, the, the, the idea that when this project began, it, it was not anybody's vision, but it became a collective vision because all of the stakeholders were invited to the conversation. Every single person with a stake in this, in this cathedral was invited to share their dreams and thoughts. And so this collective uh, conversation with hundreds of people involved produced this wonderful idea, which will change the 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 face of the cathedral for generations to come. You you alluded, Father, to the fact that this this cathedral was built about sixty years ago. <clears throat> Most of those folks are gone, mm-hmm. and and someday we'll all be gone too. But what we'll leave is this this hall, which is as Paula said, a welcoming place, a gathering place, and the front doors are going to be wide open, and it's going to say, "Come on in." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's really good because I think uh, part of it is you know we have this in desire within our hearts and our community to be a welcoming community, to be a community that invites people and gathers together and beyond our celebration as we were talking about the Eucharist is the heart and soul of our of our faith, it's the source and summit of our Christian life but, but that continues on 
in our communal life and our sharing with one another, um, you know, in those communal social events. Um, and we don't really have a, that warm, welcoming, inviting place to do that. Things have changed, you know. Basements, halls were uh, everywhere throughout the church's history across the United States. And, uh, and they served us well. But a lot of people don't like to go underground anymore. And, uh, you know, it's just a different, different time. And not to be lost is the fact that the, the basement of the current cathedral is going to also be renovated and put to much better use than it currently is. And that's also a part of this conversation, as well as the Knights of Columbus, who have sold their hall and their contingency fund and put that all toward this project. And they will have a permanent gathering place in the cathedral as well. Yeah, no, that's exciting. You know, the Knights of Columbus, as you mentioned, Mike has been super generous in selling their hall, donating those funds, and above and beyond uh, generous in that regard. And then they're going to have a new home right here at the cathedral, dedicated hall for them, uh, and that's exciting uh, as well. So just for our listeners, uh, the, the the new hall is dedicated to St. Joseph here at Our Lady of Perpetual Help. So it'll be our uh, St. Joseph Hall. Um, it'll be on the south side of the cathedral, kind of towards the hospital side of people trying to visualize that. If you've been here in a rapid city and on the south side, um, it's going to be a, a total... Uh, um, of 11,000 square feet addition uh, to our facilities here, which is nothing to sneeze at. It's a, it's a big project. Uh, a couple interesting things about it is the entryway, the gathering space that'll be um, beautiful and designed and handicap accessible. And in that gathering area, in that welcome space on the south side, we'll have two sets of handicap accessible bathrooms, a men's room and a women's room, which on the main level of the cathedral today, there's no bathroom and there's no handicap accessible bathroom in, in, in our area. So that's a huge improvement too for welcoming and inviting. Oh my goodness. And I don't think you can even get onto the altar area without climbing steps. And there are those of us who can't do that, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, to, and to go from the front of the church all the way to the back, down the steps to those. It's a it's a journey. Yeah, no, it's going to be a huge improvement there. New kitchen, a uh, huge hall with seating and beautiful windows. Um, but one of the things is uh, that we're experiencing right now, and we'll share with our listeners, is that in order to fit that in there, we've had to dismantle our beautiful baptistry. Um, and I think you've had some of your kids baptized there. We have. Yeah. We have. We've had a few uh, baptismal candles. There was a sparring between two of our boys when one of our children were <laughs> baptized. But we have a lot of beautiful memories there, and so we're excited about that being moved and intact. And I think they're doing it very slowly and meticulously. Um, yes, yeah. So there, at the cathedral here of Our Lady Perpetual in Rapid City, the baptistry is built in the kind of the original 4th century model where it's a separate structure from the main church and there's a connecting hall to it because in the early days of the church and still today but it was really uh, evident structurally and architecturally that before you could come into the body of Christ you have to be baptized into the body of Christ you have to be initiated and so it happened outside and then you were welcomed into the church and that's why we have holy water fonts at the entrance to remind us of our initiation into this so so yeah so the cathedral but that that baptistry is in the way and when we come back from break we'll talk a little bit about that um, and what's going on right now with construction. And we'll talk a little bit about um, your hopes and dreams uh, for uh, the cathedral. St. Joseph Hall, that's being constructed here in Rapid City. I'm with Father Brian Christensen. I'm Karen Gibis. And we'll be back after the break. 
This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these plan gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Father Richard Kunst with a Papal Minute. Pope Martin V, who reigned from 1417 to 1431, is famous for ending the Great Schism. For decades, there were two or three men claiming to be the legitimate Pope. After this period of chaos and confusion, Martin V was elected to broad acclaim. But he is also noteworthy because of his name. Martin chose his papal name because he was elected on the feast day of St. Martin of Tours. But he wasn't really the fifth Pope Martin. He was the third. The previous Martin, Martin IV, misread the official list of popes when he was elected in 1281. He thought there there had been three Martins before him, but there had only been one. Two of the popes he thought were Martins were named Marinus. So though Martin V was historically important pope, he was actually Martin III. This has been your Papal Minute. To learn more, visit papalartifacts.com. That is papalartifacts.com. This is Father Richard Kunst. If you enjoyed this Papal Minute, you'll want to see the Papal Artifacts Collection on display here in Duluth, Minnesota, August 19th through 21st, this summer, 2022. For more information, go to vaticanunveiled.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning. Father Brian Christensen here on Real Presence Live from the Cathedral of Our Lady Perpetual Help in western South Dakota, Rapid City, the gateway to the Black Hills. And I'm joined by my co-host, Karen Gibis. Karen, how are you doing this morning? I am doing great. What do you think about this whole new St. Joseph Hall at the Cathedral? You know, I came to your, your groundbreaking and it was such a beautiful show of community from the cathedral parish, but also from around Rapid City. There were people from other parishes that stopped in just to be supportive of your guys' endeavor. And the excitement, you could just feel it in the air. I think you guys are on to something big. Yeah, no, that was uh, Saturday, uh, May 7th, that yep. you came by here, that we had the groundbreaking. And uh, turned out that that groundbreaking on Saturday, May 7th, coincided with the 59th anniversary of the dedication of the cathedral um, in 1963 by Bishop McCarty. So it was kind of a beautiful, um, you know, recognition of the way that God has blessed us here uh, on this hill 
uh, here in Rapid City <laughs> and uh, how he continues to bless us as we go forward. We're here with Mike and Paula Wilson. They're co-chairs of the In Steel and Stone campaign, um, charging full force ahead uh, for the development of the Cathedral Parish and this building and construction of uh, St. Joseph Hall, which is now underway in full force. Uh, so what are some of the thoughts on your mind right now, Paula, about where we've been and what's going on and where we're going? Well, I'm, I'm just really excited about the new hall. And um, I, I, I haven't mentioned, but I think it's really taught me a lot about being a joyful and a cheerful giver um, in this journey. Um, just with Father Brian as the head, he's been just a great role model for that. And I just feel that um, it's taught me to give according to what, what God's will is rather than, than what, what I feel I should give. I'm also excited because... I remember when we came and, you know, as a counselor, we search for a sense of belonging. And I feel like this hall is going to be that for people, that they want to belong, they want to be included, and it's going to be a way to draw people in. And I'm excited about meeting some of the new parishioners and some of the people that have been going for years that I never have a chance to talk to. I've met so many people on the campaign. We have a close-knit group, and I feel this hall will open up so many avenues I'm excited for people to be able to celebrate baptisms and weddings, and um, I just, I'm excited about many of those things. Yes, you know, you mentioned that uh, the the campaign team that has been assembled here, oh my goodness, Um, I could rattle off the names of the people who have been with us from day one, and it is a formidable group, let me tell you. This group has raised millions of dollars and will continue to do so. But in this process, as Dick Gowan said, this process has brought us as a, as a committee, committee closer and closer together, which has been wonderful. But there's something else that's happened here, too. You know, almost 500 members of this parish community have contributed their hard-earned money to this dream. And in the process of being on this committee, we have met many of those people. And it's sort of sad, actually, because we sit in the pews and we don't even know that person who's in the next pew over. But in this process, we've met them. Mm-hmm. And they are wonderful people. We, I have met some people who have given, not from their excess, but from their sustenance. We have gone to their homes and spoken to them and asked them to, to be a part of this. And they, they have joyfully joined uh, the dream and have given of their sustenance to this program just like they did 60 years ago. And it continues, and it is very, very inspiring for, for all of us who've been a part of it. Yeah, no, it is, has been. And, and, and even for me, you know, I was pastor of the cathedral, and it wasn't pastor, I was an associate pastor of the cathedral 20 years ago, you know, my first three years of priesthood. Um, but coming back, I knew a lot of people, um, but didn't know everybody and there's a lot of new people in the community so over these you know last three and a half four years as pastor but also as getting out it, as in this campaign has put me into people's homes and uh, different occasions to visit with them and here's the interesting thing that i found and i'm interested on in your perspective when we start talking about money right this is a real act of faith and so people's relationship with the Lord, people's relationship with Christ, people's relationship with the church, they really are honest about that. When we start talking about money and faith, you know, it's a powerful combination, I think. No doubt. I'll tell you a story about that. My Uncle Dick and my Aunt Mary, a long, long time ago, had almost nothing left. Right? They had five little girls, and they almost had nothing. Remember this story? Mm-hmm. And they had $100, and they put it in the collection plate. And that's 
all they had, and they and that was an act of faith. Let me tell you, and um, that is the sort of generosity and and faith and belief in in what this can be that we've seen over and over again here in this campaign. Yeah. What really struck me um, initially, one of our campaign uh, members is Susan Mossapust, and she talked about how her parents. Uh, Basically, that you know, they had a lot of kids, but they gave from their sustenance, and that they had, when when her dad died, they had kept every single receipt of all the t- all the th- times that they gave, and they kept the program, and just how much it meant to them, and that really, I just thought, wow, they they built this cathedral for us, and what can we build for the next generations to come? This really is historic in that very same way. Yeah, you know, uh, the campaign team and some of the folks, uh, people like Jim Kenyon, have talked about just the recognition that he's been a, almost a lifelong member here since he's been a boy. Grew up here in the cathedral. And, uh, and he said, but my family didn't build the cathedral. We, not a dollar of mine went into the marble or the windows or the organ or none of that. Like, none of my, my but I'm the beneficiary of other people's sacrifices and vision because what were what if nobody thought about this in the 1950s 1960s and we're still trying to figure out how to cram into a 300 200 you know person thing or in a gymnasium you know uh, which they did the people before we arrived here in 1963 uh, the cathedral was built there was a gymnasium so i just he, he has a sense of leaving this legacy leaving this gift you know that we will enjoy like, we're going to enjoy the hall but as you said, the hall is going to be enjoyed for generations, generations to come. No doubt. No doubt. That's our that's our collective dream. And guess what? It's now going to happen. Yeah, it's now going to happen. <laughs> because didn't you ask us to join this committee about four years ago? Father? Yeah. So I was, uh, I was looking back as I was kind of <laughs> you know looking back. It was 2018. You know that we finally started kicked off the campaign. I said we're going to run this for uh, for uh, six months. We're going to get our goal at the time. Uh, I can't even remember the goal anymore. It's like $5.4 million, which seemed outrageous and outlandish for us, right? Like, how the heck are we going to raise $5.4 million? Um, and uh, today, we're over um, like $6.5 million in funds raised. We still have a ways to go because we didn't build in the time frame that we thought we might build. Yeah. Yes, there were some supply chain issues, as I recall, and some building and some building cost escalations, and and it's like planting a tree, right? The best time to plant a tree is twenty years ago. The second best time is today. Sure. And boy, golly, we're going to build this cathedral starting or this mm-hmm. this hall starting today. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, Paul, I have to ask, you know, like. You read uh, your pastor, <laughs> that, <laughs> you crazy guy. About, like- that crazy guy, he asked you for this six-month campaign. We saw that was going to go a little bit longer, but everybody kind of, okay, we'll go a couple more months, stuff like that. Um, you're four years in as co-chairs of In Steel and Stone. Is there any nights that you and Mike sit around going like, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> really, I think it's it's really only been a gift. The, the relationships we've established, uh, the people that we've met on the campaign, the the people that, as Mike said, have given from their sustenance and um, hearing about their faith journey, it has all been a gift. We have never, I mean, we'll probably be sad when it ends. And yes, it's kind of hard sometimes asking people for money, but uh, Father Brian is a, is a great role model with that, and no one can say no to him. So we we, we try to pray before we go and, and uh, leave it up to God, and, and he's 
uh, helped people to be very generous. So I agree. And, you know, we've met people like Ron and Margaret who sit in front of us in the cathedral, right? And uh, we didn't know these guys from Adam yeah, at the beginning. Uh-huh. And now we talk after church because we went to ask them for money and they pledged some. And what friends we've made in this crazy idea of asking our fellow prisoners to contribute to this wonderful cause. So, um, no, uh, I'll be kind of sad when it ends, too, because of the friends we've made. You know, uh, years ago, uh, years ago, thinking about fundraising, I thought, you know, this is just a, an event, an activity that we have to get done so we can get on with the real work of a parish family. Right? This is a kind of a side note. And what I've discovered over the years, and especially here through these last four years, is that no, this is part of our life because it is about relationships. It is about faith. It is about sharing Christ. It is about a vision for living as a community. Um, and it does manifest itself here today in a, in a hall. But in other days, it, it's out serving at, at the mission. And other days, it's beautiful liturgy. And other days, it's taking care of our families. And it's all of a, this piece of our relationship in, in, in the Lord. So, yeah, I think, you know, uh, it is part of our parish life. It's what we're doing. It's part of how we live. And there'll be a next one. And there'll be another one. And there'll be another, another event that is similar but different. And, and this is building a parish, by the yeah. way. You know, you, you alluded to uh, Dick Gowan, uh, you know, may he rest in peace. And what a great father, I think, uh, and the, of our parish family. And, uh, and for me, a, a great great mentor uh, and a supporter. You know, no his doubt. Faith, his faith is so beautiful and, uh, and his wife Nancy. But Dick would often say that the community that we built in this campaign team is the kind of community of faith and support and prayer that he liked to see experienced by everybody in this parish family. And Karen alluded to that too when she was describing the groundbreaking that we had a few days ago and the enthusiasm that was spread across the some hundreds of people that came, every single hamburger got eaten that day, and some didn't get some. So that just kind of is evidence of, it wasn't even after Mass, it was on a kind of a, a Saturday afternoon, and hundreds of people came, yeah. because they believe in this thing, and they believe in each, in each other, and they believe in this parish. Good. Uh, we're coming up on our break. Uh, we're talking with Paula and Mike Wilson, co-chairs of In Steel and Stone, getting ready. We've uh, broken ground. Uh, part of the local neighborhood is turned upside down as we put in sewer and water on the north side here and getting ready to move the baptistry from the south side to the north side and then break ground for the St. Joseph Hall. Uh, Paul, I'll give you the last word for our listeners today. What are your hopes and dreams? You've got about 30 seconds. Again, I just I hope people will have a sense of belonging and community and will be just swept in um, in this new beautiful hall and uh, that it'll be a, a place for faith formation as it has been for all of our six children all these years. All right, we're at Real Presence Live here from Rapid City. We'll be back after the break with an exciting interview with Father Tim Hoig. <laughs> 